My brothers and sisters, this gospel reading has always touched me very deeply. It appears in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You know, the allegories that Jesus uses. And remember, Jesus, is this is just before he is to be arrested and sent to his passion and death. The allegories and the stories are very clear. In fact, I would say Jesus sums up the history of salvation past present and future in these few lines. The vineyard is the created world with all its beauty, all its functionality, given to men and women, God's most exalted creation, to cultivate and care for. The tenants are God's chosen people, especially the religious and the religious leaders meant to guide the people to God. And remember, when we hear the word Israel now from the Old Testament, it applies to all of us, to the whole world. The owner is God himself. The servants are the prophets sent to the people with messages from God, and the Son, the ultimate messenger, is Christ himself. Sin is the tenant's wretchedness, by which they rebel against the owner out of utter selfishness and greed, if a member of the Jewish community was to die without an heir, the tenants of the land would have final claim on it, and Jesus knew they were already planning to kill him. So the utter disregard of the Pharisees for the goodness of the Father, the disregard for the Son after all the miracles that Jesus had performed, sent out of love to them, this has always been extremely sad and troubling to me. Could Jesus have given a more clear warning to these people? Could he have given a more simpler explanation of his own identity and mission, a more understandable presentation, if you will, to the Pharisees of the reality and the consequences of their desire to kill him? The parable, though, applies just as easily to each and every one of us. We are given a vineyard, our own life. We are each given the, mean, the means necessary, the hedge, the tower, the wine press, to live that life in accordance with God's plan for us. We're given many, many chances to put our lives right with God, honoring Him and loving Him by living as He designed us to live. And each of us, in some way, has been introduced to the owner's Son, Jesus Christ. Now, it seems few chief priests and elders actually repented and accepted Christ's message at that time. And it's always been somewhat easy for me, and perhaps for some of you, to deplore such hard-heartedness. But before doing so, we should see what kind of fruit our own vineyards are producing and how much our lives are giving glory to God as disciples of the Son, Jesus Christ instead of trying to steal glory for ourselves. To assist in this very task of setting our path to discipleship, this weekend we continue our message series here at St. Albert the Great on becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. We want to follow Jesus, but it can often be difficult or hard for us to evaluate how we do that specifically. And are we making progress on our path to being a disciple? Well, here at St. Albert the Great, as you may have already heard, we're using an acrostic, which is a series of letters which make up a word 
with each letter being the first letter in another word or phrase which create a story. In our case, the acrostic is the word Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T, which is so appropriate since each letter is a step toward becoming a disciple of Christ. C stands for community, since the disciple grows through participation in community, and especially in small faith sharing groups that help us to experience Christian community in a rich and specific way. H stands for holiness, since the disciple grows by communicating with God, especially through a prayer life, in adoration, through the sacraments, and through healing. R stands for retreat, since the disciple attends at least one retreat a year. I stands for invest, since the disciple invests in their parish, especially through the offering of their time and talents to serve the parish. And S stands for share, since the disciple seeks to share their faith with others and finally, T stands for tithe, since the disciple gives back part of the first fruits of the financial blessings that God has given them. Now, the past four weeks, we have reflected on the steps represented by the first four letters, C, H, R, and I. And I'd like to mention that last week, we talked about the many opportunities to invest in our parish through service especially as liturgical ministers assisting to put on our weekend Mass experience here at St. Albert the Great. Now, Father Charlie mentioned last week that he'd be praying for each of you, not yet serving as liturgical ministers to consider doing so. And if you're feeling that call to join the many who serve to make our weekend Mass experience here the best it can be, you can still sign up using the Google form on our website liturgy page and the bulletin and in our flock notes newsletter. So let me reflect a bit now on the S in Christ, which is the step of sharing our faith. Now, as Father mentioned, as fate would have it, which as Catholics we know is the work of the Holy Spirit, the Diocese of Austin has asked that deacons preach this weekend of October the 8th to foster vocations to the diaconate by sharing how we have answered the call from God to serve the people through word, liturgy, and charity. Now, as quick background for those who may not be aware, the diaconate is one of three orders or degrees of ordination conferred by the sacrament of holy orders the other two orders being priests and bishops. Deacons share in Christ's mission and grace in a special way. The sacrament of holy orders marks us with an imprint or character which cannot be removed and which configures us to Christ, who made himself the deacon or servant of all. Among other tasks, it is the task of deacons to assist the bishop and priest in the celebration of the divine mysteries, above all, in the Eucharist, in the, especially in the distribution of Holy Communion, and in particular, the precious blood, in assisting at and blessing marriages and baptisms of children, in the proclamation, preaching, and teaching of the gospel, in presiding over funerals, 
and by dedicating ourselves to various ministers, ministries of charity. Now, since the Second Vatican Council in the 1960s, the Latin Church has restored the diaconate as a proper and permanent rank of the hierarchy. So this permanent diaconate, which can be conferred on married men, constitutes an important enrichment for the church's mission at this time, this era in our church's history. For me, the call to the diaconate was not something I was expecting or planning, but God had other plans. Now, I had strayed from the practice of my faith in my 20s after having attended Catholic school for 12 years along with my six brothers and sisters at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish in Houston, Texas. During my 20s, I attended the University of Texas here in Austin and received degrees in chemical engineering and an MBA in business. And then God brought Karen, my wife, and I together, and we were married in 1986. This began a journey back to the practice of our faith, including bringing our three children forward for baptism. A big moment for us was becoming charter members of St. Vincent de Paul Parish in 1995. Karen entered Christian initiation at the time and came into the Catholic Church at Easter in 1997. God was drawing us to himself more and more. Now, I was very involved administratively, if you will, at St. Vincent de Paul, serving on and leading the Finance Council for many years, building committees, but I was not very spiritually active in my faith. But then several life-changing events occurred beginning in 2002 with the unexpected deaths of Karen's father, my brother Ron, Karen's brother Alan. These all happened within a very short time. And Karen had a near-death health issue that involved a miraculous healing. With each of these challenges, it was my parish community that surrounded me and my entire extended family with love and prayer in such a way that God's presence and love was made incredibly manifest. Then in 2006, I attended a Men's Christ Renews His Parish retreat. This is the same retreat that is now called the Welcome Retreat, by the way. At the end of this retreat journey, God called Karen and I to serve his church as a permanent deacon couple. God had prepared us with challenging life events to be docile and open to his call. The church had done so much for us. How could we not now answer the call to serve him more fully? We began formations of the diaconate in 2008 and I was ordained a deacon on April the 13th, 2013. Then, in September of 2015, another unexpected God moment occurred. We discerned that God was calling us to leave our parish home of 20 years at St. Vincent de Paul and come to St. Albert the Great. I now know God had big plans for us that involve what is going on here at this parish right now. I retired after a 43-year career in January of 2020 and now serve the Lord full-time, so to speak, 
here at St. Albert the Great. Karen and I lead the Order of Christian Initiation for Adults and also the Liturgy Committee here at the parish, among other things. We're so blessed by our ministry in this life in so many ways, including witnessing with our lives, not only to all of you, but to our adult children and five grandchildren whom God has blessed us with the ability to spend much time with. You know, telling one's story is a great way to share your faith and thereby grow, grow in becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ, especially sharing those moments when God shows up in big and unexpected ways. These can help you to have the courage to share since you're so familiar with that story. And I dare say we all have those moments we can share. Now, Father Charlie's pastor letter in this week's bulletin also especially invites us to sh start sharing the faith by sharing our parish social media post. When you choose to share social media posts from the parish, you help our message go further and make it more likely that they will reach those who are not going to church. And that's what we're all about, right? Growing wider by attracting the unchurched, and especially those who have fallen away from the practice of their Catholic faith. And when you make a personal invitation to someone to join you at church, that makes a big difference. As Father said, if you'd ever like to speak to me or to Karen about the diaconate, we're very open to this at any time. Just reach out to me. And Father Charlie is also open to that. May we all be docile and open to how God is leading us ever closer to him on the path to becoming disciples of his son, Jesus Christ. <laughs>